0: Bellerus and I'm Fu. And I guess for the start of this podcast, we're just going to continue the conversation that we were just having moments before we hit record because we have been discussing Connor McDavid's ugly house, which is pretty much the biggest piece of news in the hockey world this week besides other small stuff that we'll get to, is that um, photos of Connor McDavid's very large house, of course it's a very large house because he has a lot of money, were released. And everyone was dunking on them, notably for their alarming lack of color. Almost every room is only black, white, and gray. Uh, That includes the bedrooms, actually bedrooms with an S, uh, like an office, a basketball court with a very low ceiling, actually. Uh, And the only color in there is the red rim and the orange basketball. And for a while, I was thinking, like, wait, were these pictures just, like, taken in black and white? But uh, it's clear that they weren't because there is a very colorful painting on the wall in one room. And there are also some, some pool balls on the pool table in front of photos of uh, three people. One of them is Jimi Hendrix, I recognize. And I, uh, I don't know the other two, but I assume they're very famous.
1: Yeah, I recognize uh, the guy on the right. It seems to be Jack Nicholson, uh, noted actor. But uh, I mean, the, the joke here is that, and, and I guess it's not really a joke at the same time, because it's absolutely true. It looks like a serial killer's house, right? Uh, completely devoid of color uh, I mean maybe he's just his life has no color because he's he's locked in with the oilers for the next six years um wow like, oh my goodness this house is uh imagine living in this house like first of all it must be nice pretty it seems like a pretty expansive house but uh oh my god the lack of color uh, like the first picture that they pull up uh, and, and the one I think that's been the most popular is the one what seems like a kitchen right? Uh, and there's like an island, and even that table. Is, first of all, it's in the it's in the black and white colors, but it's so sharp. And some people have pointed out, you know, why is it so sharp? You could like, you could hurt yourself on that table. Uh, and yeah. like the floors look like they're wooden, but they're black and white. I can't tell if that's because there's actually a filter on this picture, or if they just decided, you know what, we're gonna have some wooden floors for this for this kitchen, except we're gonna that it's gonna be black and white. Um, and uh yeah as you said and we said it right before we started recording it seems like like the only piece of color in this whole house is in this one painting that they have in this one in the wine cellar no less you know a room which presumably you just go downstairs you pass by grab grab a bottle of wine and head back upstairs so a room that has you know you spend the minimal time in that's where we got this this very colorful painting uh but aside from that it's just, Oh my god like even the basketball court everything's black and white and it's like yeah so apparently it was uh it was connor's girlfriend who designed this because she's an interior designer by trade and it's like bro the color scheme you want to live in this <laughs> i would mean, even look at the bedroom light what is that bedroom light oh my god it's like it looks like a furry donut um like, <laughs> yes it's just, there's, there's a lot to question here. And, uh, and the fact that like basically the entire hockey world has decided, yes, this is what we're going to focus on this week. It, it really, uh, it really is the dog days of the off season.
0: Yeah. That bed, uh, with those two black pillows, I would be genuinely afraid to rest my head on either one of those pillows. It looks like the, like my head would either get stuck there forever or the pillow would like come to life and suffocate me or something like that in the middle of the night, But anyway, I have two theories about the the colorful painting, all right? Theory number one is that they purposely made everything in the entire house black and white just so that this painting would stand out and everyone who saw it would be like, wow, that's amazing, let me look at it for a long time. And they really wanted to amplify this painting. My other theory is that all the color in the entire house got trapped in this painting. And that if you listened too closely and leaned into the painting, you could hear the color screaming, help, help, get us out of here, get us out of here. And uh, (laughs) like some kind of horror movie. That's what I think. And um, you know what this reminds me of? This entire house. Uh, There's an episode of Phineas and Ferb where basically they, um, they watch some old timey detective movies that are all in black and white. And then they try to kind of like recreate it a little bit. And so we see, you know, Phineas talking like like a detective and the the whole room is in black and white. Then their sister Candace walks in and she's not in black and white. And we find out that Phineas and Ferb painted everything in the room, including themselves, different shades of gray, so that it would look like a black and white detective movie, which is very funny. And it reminds me of this. Yeah, that's about right. You know, maybe they're just they're just art connoisseurs and maybe
1: one of them painted this colorful picture and they're just they're just spiking the value, baby. It's all about the money making game in the art scene, and so you know, everybody's talking about this painting, and you look at it in person, it's like it's like a ray of hope in uh in this in this black and white house. So uh you know I want to know who drew this thing because uh, I don't see any painted.
0: Act- you mean? Sorry, painted. It does not look like a drawing.
1: Oh, did I say drawing. My bad. I'm a painted, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah. Give me the, give me some artist attribution here, I want to see who's getting uh who's getting their money, uh cause uh yeah pretty prominent showcase when it's literally the only piece of color in the entire house, uh so that's fun, and uh yeah you talk about those pillows honestly you asked me they kind of look like a void they also kind of look like they're made of rocks, um like it's like one smooth stone so I can imagine oh, like going true. down to rest and you smack your head and uh you know you died in the serial killer house. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's one gloomy ending. And, uh, it's just, uh, it's a lot, it's a lot to take in. It's all these pictures, you know, just, uh, wow. Okay. I
0: have a guess as to who yep. made that painting. And my guess is it was made by Connor McDavid's girlfriend. Um, uh, but obviously I have nothing to back that up. Um, and as you were saying, it's all about money in the art scene to any artist out there. I, you only have to study art an extremely small amount to know the best way to make a lot of money in painting is to die and then your paintings will increase their value by a very large amount um oh you were talking before about in the kitchen how like the table looks so sharp look at that other bed not the one with all the h's on it but the other one right underneath it look how short that oh my god that uh like at the foot of the bed like why would you want that i don't know it's like in case you accidentally roll forwards it'll <laughs> block you from falling out i don't understand
1: but even if you do roll, fo- even if you do roll forward, that thing's a health hazard. You're sleeping. You don't want to roll forward into that sharp edge.
0: Yeah, it'd like, be better to just fall off the bed.
1: Yeah, no kidding. What's going on here? What is going? I've never seen such a like. I've never seen such a foot of the bed either. Like you know, what the heck? It's like they put a solid block of, of of uh, what is that? What is that? Black wood. Black wood at the at the foot. It just it's just man. It really feels like a prison. <laughs> and the bed, that bed kind of reinforces it. You know, you're trapped. You're trapped. You can't roll forward out of your bed. You can only move sideways. Yeah.
0: Oof. Oh, no. So uh, so basically, uh, it's kind of faded away at this point, all the discourse about McDavid's house. But a few days ago, this was the big topic on Hockey Twitter. And a lot of people were saying things kind of just like we are now, making fun of it. I don't know if you saw what Sean McKenzie said, though. Did you see what his tweet that he soon deleted? Nope. All right. So uh, if I remember correctly, he basically said like everyone who's making fun of McDavid's house and then a picture of like a bunch of frat boys hanging around some tiny apartment. And I didn't appreciate that because it, it kind of does imply that like, oh, you know, you can't how can you possibly judge the house of a rich person because you're not as rich as him. So your house can't be as good. So you're not good enough to judge it. And a lot of people rightfully dunked on him and then he deleted it and I just want everyone to know that uh people who can't afford this kind of house are the only people who should be judging it oh
1: yeah absolutely uh it... a tweet in bad taste uh clearly by uh, Mr Mackenzie but uh yeah I mean uh exactly you you nailed it us uh us non-millionaires over here uh I think uh, I think we absolutely have a dip first dibs. When it comes to this completely absurd house, you're telling me that I shouldn't look at this house and rightfully mock it on my podcast. That is that is completely absurd, Sean. Uh, And uh, yeah, we're you know what it is. We're critiquing art right now. We're critiquing art. Carter's girlfriend is making a statement. That's what she is. Uh, That's what she's doing. Because uh,
0: look at my painting in the wine cellar.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, And uh, hey, maybe she's trying to boost her interior design business and you know any uh she's trying to hit that serial killer market and who can blame her look look at all the free press she's gotten for her own house pretty sick move there uh cuz yeah this is uh it's like it's like you know those paintings that go for like a bunch of money and it's like they're called like the, it's just a white painting you know this this kind of gives the same vibes it's all just black and white uh except you know that painting in the cellar in the wine cellar making a statement mm-hmm. all right connor uh i hope you enjoy living in this house it's in edmonton right well, well uh i okay. assume
0: so i assume it's in edmonton uh you know maybe this was just the best they could do finding a big house in edmonton like i don't know maybe it's the best they could do anyway i think maybe it's time to move on from this topic of discussion and move on to johnny boychuck who retired slash uh went on to LTIR. We don't know if it's an official retirement yet or if it's just a, an LTIR thing for the last couple of years of his contract. Uh but either way, all that Islanders cap trouble we were talking about, how are they possibly going to sign Matthew Barzal? They have no room. They're going to have to make another Devin Taves type of trade to make the room. Uh no they don't cuz Johnny Boychuk uh just retired. Uh you might remember he suffered that eye injury in the game against the Habs actually in March. Which was quite a long time ago, but for Johnny Borchuk, it was actually like four games ago or something like that. And he did return for the playoffs. He only played three games, I believe. It looks like he was back at full health, but obviously, you know, kinds of injuries, especially the eye, which I don't know very much about, of course, uh, can be tricky. And Johnny Boychuck, here here's the way I look at this. Like, I assume this wasn't, this. there's no way it was Lou Lamorello forcing Johnny Boychuk into retirement. That wouldn't have happened. Johnny Boychuk probably was contemplating this, and Lou probably pushed him in this direction. And, oh, you know, really, you know, help us out if you kind of retired. And there's some speculation that Lou's offering him a front office job uh, as some, you know, like the cash incentive. So it's not like you're losing out on money if you retire. Uh, but either way, however, Johnny Boychuk decides to take the next step in his life, the New York Islanders now have almost $10 million in cap space, which should be plenty for them to take care of their last piece of business of this offseason and sign Matthew Barzal.
1: Man, it's too easy. What the heck was that? Uh, yeah, obviously, you feel for Johnny Boychuk. Tough injury, the eye. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, if, that's, if that has long term consequences. That greatly decreases his quality of life later on, uh, after his retirement. So that that sucks for him. But uh, oh man, uh, interesting piece of work here by Lou, uh, because yeah, it really does eliminate basically all their problems, doesn't it? I mean, how much do they have? He said with his retirement, presumably, if it all comes off the book books, they have nine point nine million dollars in cap space. You know, Barzal, what do you think he could command? Um, maybe ten realistically Probably not yeah you could you could tell him to stay under the 9.9 uh really? especially if you, keep, if you keep it short uh you you kind of make it a half bridge deal in that sense uh i could see it happening so uh you know really yeah it was one of those contracts where you're like man if only we could just make it disappear and he did make it disappear Lou made it disappear i uh, i absolutely believe you know this is so convenient for them so so convenient for them that I, you got to believe he absolutely there was some sort of uh, you know, carrot dangling in front of Johnny Boychuk in order to kind of nudge him in that direction because I'm sure he wanted to come back to play. Uh, because uh, hockey players are kind of crazy in that way, so you know, it's just uh, yeah, I think I think the front office job is coming for Johnny Boychuk if he wants it. And for the Islanders, yeah, this is uh, this is a serious get out of jail free card right now because uh, man, they were in a serious pickle. Uh, looking forward to next year. I mean they have they have only thirteen million dollars of cash space next year too. So but uh yeah. They uh, they're not totally out of the woods yet. This is one
0: big step towards it. Man, that is that is convenient as hell. So the Islanders also now with, with Boychuck gone and of course Devin Taves was traded. Uh their defense right now is looking less good than it did last year. Um they still got Ryan Pullock, Adam Pellick, Nick Letty, Scott Mayfield. Noah Dobson should be ready to to make the full-time jump. Besides that, uh, beyond that, you've got Thomas Hickey, who kind of played in the minors all year last year. Sebastian Ajo, not the Hurricanes one, of course, the defenseman one. And then I'm pretty sure no one else who's played an NHL game. So it's not looking very deep for them. Looking at the UFAs uh, that still haven't signed anywhere. Um, Andy Green, who was just on the Islanders, I think he's still on the market. I don't know if they want to bring him back. Uh, Ron Hainsey. Is an option, Ben Hutton, Zdeno Chara. if he wants to go back to the team that drafted him, definitely an option, Slater Cuckoo as well, so I think, obviously, these depth defensemen are not the, you know, the the cream of the crop, and even, and who's still available, because Hoffman still hasn't signed anywhere, basically, all the names we've been talking about for the past four or five weeks, who, like, that are still available, they're all still available, but I think a lot of these, you know, lower-end defensemen, especially left-shot defensemen, who are gonna want NHL deals before the season starts? I think the Islanders are a team that's probably gonna be on the lookout for that.
1: Yeah, on the lookout maybe, but do they have the do they have the cap space? That's the question. They have to get this Barzal done as soon as possible because you don't wanna like you don't wanna find yourself stuck in that situation again, right? In the same offseason. you got the yeah, you I got think- the solution presented to, you, but you know like how okay. So first we have to figure out how much do you think he's gonna get? How much do you think he's gonna get?
0: I think he's gonna get eight, maybe eight and a half. And that leaves enough left over to sign a bottom pair defenseman for a year or two. Yeah, I guess,
1: sure, uh, totally. It remains to be seen. But but that's the thing, right? Like, I feel like Barzal in this negotiation, even though he is an RFA, he just has so much leverage because he is so important to the team. They can't they can't do anything without him, uh, because they can't score and he scores. So and he's their number one center. So you know, I could like realist- realistically. I could see him pushing that nine, nine and a half million dollars if they have the cash space for it. Uh, I mean, why not? Why not? Maybe, maybe Lou yeah. Bullies him, taking him into a lower deal.
0: That's what probably ends. Up, that's what usually ends up happening. So I, I don't think, I, I don't think Barzell is going to end up with more than nine. Not that he doesn't deserve it. I actually think he does. Uh, then of course you look at someone like Jeff Skinner who has nine and a half. That was um he was coming off a forty goal season and he was a UFA, and that is uh, universally looked at as a terrible deal, even was at the time. So not necessarily a comparable for Matthew Barzal, but you know nine and a half. I think that would be fair. I think he gets less because he's an RFA, and because Lou tends to be pretty good at this type of thing.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And so uh yeah maybe you bring in bring in a vet. You're bringing an old guy for cheap under a million dollars, uh because that's all you can afford. And, uh, yeah, you, you compete for a roster spot, but, uh, you know, well, well, this team, yeah, it really, like without Barry Trotz, this team no way makes the playoffs any year because the roster is just not that strong, right? It's not a very good roster and they're really good at playing that system with their trots. And so, uh, you know, it, that, I don't know every year. I feel like I can't totally buy into them, you know, like this, this last year, Obviously they, they did very well in the playoffs. They had a solid regular season, but like before it, I wasn't, I don't think I picked them to make it to the playoffs did I, I think I made,
0: them, I had them missing it and it's just, you know, uh, I, I can't get over it. What? Uh, well, I actually do remember in our very first episode, our preview of the 2019, 20 season, I had the Islanders missing the playoffs and you had them in. So huh. don't go selling yourself huh. short. Uh, I'm All actually, right. I've kind of flipped what I thought. Like, um, as long as Barry Trotz is with the Islanders, and as long as they keep making the playoffs, I'm going to keep on predicting that they will because Barry Trotz has done that great of a job so far.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He really is. He's, re- like, is he the best coach in the NHL? Because he's I'd dragging. So. What I, I, yeah. Because I don't think no coach in the league does as much heavy lifting for their team as he does. Because yeah, this is this is not a good roster. I'm sorry. It's not a very good roster. It's Varlamov as a starter. Not a very good starter. He's like 32, makes too much money. And just up and down the roster. We just, we've discussed their cap situation many times over. And how you have a bunch of old guys who kind of suck now, making way too much money. And still Barry Trotz manages to, you know, get them into the playoffs year after year. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't, I think, yeah, absolutely. Best coach in the league. But, you know, I just, I can't buy into this roster. I feel like, uh, you know, it's just... It sucks. It sucks. These players low-key suck. And without Barry Trotz, sure. I think they would be like 13th in the Eastern Conference. No lie. It's just it's not a very good team. I'm looking at their cap page right now, and it's just none of these players are very good. I'm sorry. Like, you have Matt Barzal, and who is it after that? Yeah, Josh Bailey's a nice piece. He's 31. Like, who is it? There's nobody on this team. Like, no Dobson, he's very young, Yeah, a nice high draft pick.
0: He's got promise, but it's just—he was like nobody's very good on this team. Am I wrong? I think you're maybe being a little bit too harsh. You're being a little bit too harsh. I mean, obviously, it it doesn't. I think what we're really looking at, and the reason a lot of people feel that way, is because they're overpaid. But if you just look at the players in and of themselves, like the top six is okay. I think I don't think thirteenth in the East is where they would be without Barry Trotz. I think they would still be a bubble team, more or less. Um. I think what, what really, though, lifted them up into the playoffs and even just to the conference finals this year has been the defense. I think that's really, like, on paper where it falls short. Uh, because, like, you know, I think someone really pointed out, like, a Leafs fan probably was talking about how, like, everyone's like, oh, the Leafs defense, like, oh, that's the reason why they haven't been able to make it far. And then they put, like, you really look at it on paper, just the players in a vacuum. The Leafs defense last year was probably about as good as the Islanders one. And yet the Islanders were the best defensive team in the league. And that is due pretty much a hundred percent to Barry Trotz that you can, that he could take a defense corpse where, core where Ryan Pollock was the best one. And your goalies were Varlamov and Thomas Grace, And all of a sudden you're number one or near the top of the NHL in terms of goals against.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at the names. Uh, like I ran out of their death chart open. Is it supposed to be Palak Pulak on the first pairing next year? Really? Yes, just like it was this past year. Really? That's what it was? I didn't pay attention to how bad they were, I guess. Like, just paper-wise. But obviously, yeah. Number one defense in the league. Uh, Just uh, some crazy shit. Some crazy shit, really? First of all, damn. If that really was the first pairing, we did not get enough appreciation for that name combination right there. On the top oh, of yeah, the yeah. Islander defense. Palak Pulak? Are you kidding me? That's practically the same name, if- and it's not even like Smith. It's imagine if they also had Roman Polak. Oh my god, that'd be sick! Pelik Pulak, <laughs> you know, that's and that's their first pairing, a mediocre first pairing named Pelik Pulak. Highlighted <laughs> the episode. Name it. Name of the episode. Such Pelik Pulak. Because uh, okay, okay. Uh, not. I don't think they're uh, yeah, they're on paper. And Steve, this team has, Ike sucks. If you had, if you had Mike Babcock coaching this team, man, they'd be giving up so many goals. But uh or really any other coach. But uh, yeah, Barry Trotz makes it makes it happen with Palak Pulak on
0: the first pair. Kind of crazy. Pretty and good. we just have to look at uh the year before Barry Trotz joined the team, uh, which was also John Tavares' last year with the Islanders. I don't remember who the coach was. I could probably find it. But I'm pretty sure they were almost last, or maybe they were last in the NHL in terms of goals against. And I remember every time the Habs played them, it seems there was always some sort of, terrible turnover or bad defensive coverage that the the Islanders would make, and then the Canadians would score. And so I assume the Islanders did that quite often over the the course of that season. But I'm looking into it right now to see who that coach was because I distinctly remember a total 180 as soon as Barry Trotz arrived from basically last to first in the NHL in um, in terms of goals against. It was Doug Waite, who I think was just the interim coach. Oh, no, he wasn't. He was, yeah, he was the coach of that team for 122 games. So that was like a a season and a half or so. And before that, it was Jack Capuano for a very long time. So Barry Trotz, yeah, definitely a big step up from those two.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Jack Capuano. He was in the league. Last in the past. past. Damn. And I didn't, I didn't know he was coaching until so recently. Like he was coaching the Islanders up until 2017. Wow. That is, uh, Okay. That's that's a that's a fun fact for you. Uh, Making the and... playoffs like once. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. I just clicked this Wikipedia page. Man, I uh, I don't remember that face. Okay. Anyways, moving forward. Very try. All right. Uh, I bet, I bet Washington Washington kind of misses him right now, don't it?
0: Oh yeah, we they know they made a big mistake not giving him uh, whatever raise he wanted after that Stanley Cup win. Todd Reardon was definitely a big step. T- now uh, Laviolette, right? They hired Laviolette. Is that correct? I, I think, think it so. is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably still a downgrade from Trotz, but probably an upgrade from Todd Reardon. They've kind of disappointed in the playoffs, the past two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so are we ready to move on now to Team Canada, the World Juniors, yep. and their situation? Because Absolutely. two players who we don't know who they are, at the Canadian World Junior camp, tested positive for COVID. So immediately. 14-day quarantine began that i think ends december 6th or 7th or 8th sometime around there is when they'll get back onto the ice building towards the tournament but as it stands all the players all the coaches staff everyone is quarantining in uh in red deer where um their camp is before wait is the was the tournament gonna be in red deer or i know it was gonna be in edmonton anyway whatever they're all quarantining and we don't know who the players are. I think I just said that. And here's the uh, an interesting part of it. It says here that any positive test, I think this is just the entire tournament. Any positive test after November 29th, which is today, will be disqualified from the tournament. Which I think is pretty smart to just say, yeah, we're not going to mess around if you because the tournament starts December 25th. It's less than a month away. So at some point, you just got to say all right. If you're tested positive, sorry. But you're going to have to go home and just to make sure, you know, you don't have them hanging around for a little too long, maybe waiting for them to get better. So that's kind of what's going on with uh, with Team Canada.
1: Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, are they? Oh, right. The question was, they're not in the bubble, are they right now? I know they're in uh, they're doing their training camp. Are they in a bubble?
0: No, they're not in a bubble. Yeah. So they're doing their mm-hmm. camp in Red Deer and then they moved to the bubble in Edmonton, Um, I think, December. Tenth, uh, fifteenth, sometime in that range.
1: Okay. All right. So, so we, yeah, this is it, right? We see, and this is not just hockey. This is not just a hockey thing. You like, we've seen that the bubble works. The bubble works. It works for basketball. It works for the NHL. For the play. obviously, it does not make the players happy. Uh, it seems that it, yeah, well, because it sucks, right? You can't see your family. you Can't see anybody. You're just locked in a bubble. Uh, and you're you're doing your job. Uh, so, you know, but that seems to be really the only way to do it. And when you don't do it, you inevitably see these cases. Uh, you know, we've seen cases in the CHL, uh, you know, in the Q, and really all the leagues where you have random outbreaks, and then the team team can't play for two weeks because you have a big chunk of the of the players who have COVID. Uh, and we've seen it. We see it in football. Football's completely crazy right now. Uh, they're just cases left and right. They have games postponed. We have a team, uh, the Ravens, who have literally twenty players on their COVID list right now. Twenty players. Think about it. And they're still planning to play on Tuesday. Uh, and we and another team, the Broncos, all of their quarterbacks have COVID. So what they're going to do, they're going to play a wide receiver, a quarterback. It's completely absurd. And we've seen, and they're not doing it a bubble. So you, you have to do it smart. And these leagues are not. And to not have a bubble right now, uh, you're going to have these kind of things. Uh, but for, the, you know, the World Juniors, that's... So you said they're moving presumably to the bubble on the 10th to the 15th. Man, I would th- I found okay. They're moving to the bubble on the thirteenth. Man, if and, and just that rule, right? You can't have any more positive tests, or you're out of it. You're not. You're not doing the World Juniors thing. Um, I would if I'm Canada, I, and you would have to obviously get the players to to agree to this because uh, it's a tough thing going into a bubble. I would consider going into a bubble immediately because fuck, this thing's going around. Uh, I know it's not nearly as bad as uh, in Canada as it is in the United States. But it's still very bad in Canada right now. It's probably worse than it ever has been in terms of COVID cases. And this is, you know, all throughout the country, including, you know, Alberta, Red Deer, where they're at. And so, you know, and yeah, you see it.
0: You guys have COVID. Fuck.
1: Uh, so, you know, it. we've seen the bubble works. And, uh, you know, when when you don't do it, it doesn't work. It's as simple as that. And so, I mean, we saw with the NHL too, right? When, when they were getting ready to play back in, I don't know when, in July or whatever. And they weren't in the bubble. They're doing the training camps. You have cases left and right. Uh, and so, you know, this is absolutely no surprise that, you know, in fact, when it comes to sporting events, you kind of expect it. If you're not in the bubble, you're going to get a bunch of cases. You're going to get a handful of cases. And so, you know, I think it's a smart policy to say from now on, from today on, if you're a positive case, you don't want to screw around with this kind of thing. You don't want to risk having it in your bubble uh but uh you know it's uh if your team canada if you're really any of these countries these world junior teams i'll consider locking down as soon as possible you don't want to risk you know one of your studs getting covid and well not only just for the human thing right you don't want anybody catching covid a potentially life-threatening disease but also you know just from a from a hockey perspective you don't want to lose one of your best players you don't want to lose anybody mm-hmm.
0: yep so uh once again we don't know who those players are and we don't know how they got COVID. COVID, but you know, I can't help but think maybe is there a chance that they were being reckless and irresponsible? Because that seems to be how a lot of people catch COVID is recklessly, you know, going to oh, I don't know, a bar for example. And I don't obviously, I don't know, but I wonder if even if these are higher end players, which we don't know, if this really, you know, puts a damper on their hopes of making the team. And if Team Canada would just be like, "Uh, yeah, yeah we don't need to, to to mess around with these players anymore, and we'll just, you know, sorry, you're off the team."
1: Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. And obviously, I think the caliber, uh, you know, as much as you don't want to admit or whatever, or anybody wants to admit, you know, the caliber player absolutely makes a difference. Uh, if he's a guy who's on the fringe, we're probably, you know, sorry. Uh, if you can try could come back next year, if not, you're not making the team this year. Sorry. Uh, because uh. Yeah, you really don't want to mess around with this thing. In both senses, you don't want to risk it getting on your team, and you don't want to risk the players' health. Right? Uh, we saw right Michigan held back Will Power from joining the, the or Owen Power, sorry, from joining the team. Probably rightfully so. Let's fucking look at it. Two players on on the on the team of COVID. So uh, you know, in hindsight, yeah, we said kind of sucks that Owen Power couldn't make the the camp, but looks like it was a smart decision. Um, because uh. Mm-hmm. yeah this thing this thing spreads and it doesn't it doesn't mean that they were reckless right uh like stupid reckless maybe they were a touch reckless and that's how you got it but you know who's the, you can't assume that they were out in bars making out with people left and right right it's just a yeah. very very contagious disease right now and it's it's everywhere it's everywhere it's a lot of places and i don't think i think it's a combination of both covid fatigue you know with all this lockdown and also i don't know if we've uh I don't know if we completely understand just how contagious this is, this disease is, given that we have been in lockdown for so long, and it's still out there as worst, as bad as ever. So, you know, it's just, it's a very contagious disease. It's why it's a global pandemic right now. And so, I mean, yeah, that's what it is.
0: Speaking of Owen Power, uh, Sam Cosentino, actually, I don't know if you saw this, kind of off topic. On Sportsnet, he released his, like, uh, top 31 or top 32 for the 2021 draft. And a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but specifically people who are, you know, really, really like prospect hockey is their thing. And they spend a lot of time studying these draft prospects. We're really frustrated with how Sam Cosentino kind of just, you know, would write vague two sentences about these players that say nothing. Just do things like, you know, tries hard or has a motor and stuff like that. I don't know if you saw the list. Probably not worth give uh, paying a click to. But uh, also... um. Also, another unrelated thing, kind of just jumping all over the place. I don't know if you saw, Um, I think on RDS last night, there was a University of Wisconsin game that they aired because that is Cole Caulfield's team. They knew people would be interested in it. I watched it for a bit, and um, Cole Caulfield was wearing number eight, and they really made sure to say that a lot, like, Cole Caulfield is number eight. And at one point uh, during the game, you know how sometimes they'll flash on like interesting stats on the screen. It flashed onto the screen like, Cole Caulfield, number eight, on the ice right now.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, who's watching the University of Wisconsin game, right? If you're not if you're in Quebec, of all places, uh, on French RDS. If you're not watching for Cole Caulfield, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you're pandering to the fan base. I think it totally makes sense. Right, so so like they sent an RDS team. It was like an RDS
0: production. Uh, was that what it was? I. I was not paying very close attention, but that would be my guess.
1: Okay. They had a French commentator, right? Uh, right. That, that's, that's, yeah, that's, but might have just, yeah. it
0: could have just been like a, a Wisconsin TV feed that they just, uh I don't know, had different, had French broadcasters in the booth in Quebec that were just talking over it with the the visuals from the Wisconsin broadcast. I don't know.
1: Anyways, the fact that it's on, uh it's on RDS in the first place. That's all you need to know in terms of who's watching and why they're watching is to watch Cole Caulfield. And so, uh, I mean, if you're in Wisconsin, do they have any good players right now? I know they had a handful. They were all drafted. Uh, I don't think they're still with the team, are they? Is Cole Caulfield uh, the, the one guy on that team now?
0: Uh, well, you know? if you're talking about Alex Turcott and Keandre Miller, uh, they're not in the team anymore because they've been signed to NHL deals. But there are some other prospects who have been drafted. Uh, Tyler Inamoto is one of them. I don't remember what team he was drafted by, but I know he was drafted by the Panthers. Is who he was drafted by in 2017. So he's 21 years old. Probably I don't know. He's coming to the time where oh, is he gonna get a contract? Is he not going to? And uh, there were some other names I I did recognize from draft prospects on the team.
1: Yeah, but nobody nearly as uh, a <clears throat> a blue check prospect as uh Cole Caulfield, I guess, right? No, and so. No. Uh, Yeah, it's just—it's not even just a Montreal thing, right? Just in uh, junior games in general. Usually, you're 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 watching. If well, a you know, there's a handful obviously who are a fan of the team, but it's junior hockey. You're gonna have some prospect people, and you're gonna have some fans watching for their own prospects. And so, uh, yeah, leaning into it a little bit, obviously. And so, how's he doing? Do we do we have a Cole update today?
0: Uh, for me, no. I only watched like the first half of the first period. Uh, Cole's brother Brock Caulfield scored a goal. I'm almost certain unless he got the assist and I'm mixing it up. Uh Brock is a couple years older than Cole. He was not drafted and he will not be drafted because he's too old to be drafted now. Uh not sure how he stacks up overall against like oh a chance he gets an NHL contract. I would say probably not. But I didn't know Cole had a brother and I learned that. And um yeah, Cole, I don't know. I I saw him on the ice a bit. He took a sharp angle shot that did not go in. And, uh, yeah, but I still think he's going to break Wayne Gretzky's goal-scoring record.
1: All right. Well, I mean, uh, he's yet to to play an NHL game. So, uh, I mean, technically you could say he's on pace to beat Wayne Gretzky. I mean, right? Yeah, he's never scored less than 10 goals in an NHL game that he played. That's correct. He's never had any of his shots stopped in an NHL game by an NHL goalie. So, that's... That's a sizable accomplishment, one that I actually myself I have matched, uh. But uh, <laughs> you know, there's still hope. There's still hope. Okay. Um. Do we mention the Blue Jackets? Oh yeah, they had
0: a bunch of positive tests. Um. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I guess you can. Do you have anything special to say about them? Hope they get better well, soon.
1: You know, you look. I think. I think we saw some of the names who got COVID, or or anyways. There's. It's just I saw on Twitter that a lot of those Blue Jackets. Uh, they happen to be, uh, you know, on the, on the politically right leaning, uh, side of things, to put it lightly. And so, uh, you know, surprise, surprise, because, uh, mm-hmm. if you're, uh, if you're on the right, you tend to not believe in COVID, don't tend to believe it's so serious. And typically you catch COVID, uh, and, uh, yeah. So, uh, is that, is that, you know, I think there's a pretty solid line of, uh, what's it Correlation. called? Correlation. Correlation. There we go. That's uh, the that's word. That. There we go. All Good right, stuff. that's that's all I need to talk about on the Blue Jackets. Uh, one contract that we could bring up, briefly discuss. Uh, another cap strap team, uh, Tampa signed notable uh, former Hab, former Hab draft pick, Mikhail Sergachev, to uh, do a handy deal. Three years, four point eight million dollars per. That's
0: pretty nice. It's pretty nice 4. for 8. Mikhail
1: Sergachev, gotta say. Pretty nice deal for the the Lightning.
0: Yeah, um, I think Dalma gave Sergeyev a, a 91% chance of outperforming this deal. This is a 4.8 million AAV is uh, very low for Mikhail Sergeyev, who's probably, I think, going to play. There's a good chance he plays like on the right side of the top pair this year. I know the Lightning lost some defensemen this offseason. And they're probably, you know, since they barely have, well, actually, they don't have room right now. To sign Eric Chernek and Anthony Sorelli, so they're gonna to have to find some way to clear contracts out. They're not really gonna be in the business of acquiring any new players. So, to get a really good player like this signed to a really good deal, a good value deal, is uh, it's a very tidy piece of business, as some might put it. Yeah, it's a very lightning thing to do. It's what they've done for
1: years now. That's how they built mm. this fucking stack team. So, uh, yeah, just a tidy piece of business, as you said. And $4.8 million is going to be, still be an RFA at the end of it. And that's nice for them. And so, yeah, just altogether a very nice deal. He's really shaping up to be a really good defenseman. Only 22. Uh, he hasn't played the big, big top pairing minutes yet, obviously. But uh looks like he's in line, too, with this contract, with the skills.
0: And,
1: yeah, I wish, uh,
0: wish we had him on the halves. We should have offered him. Uh, yeah, I think Montreal. No, I don't think he would have signed an offer sheet with Montreal. Remember, he sounded pretty bitter actually after the trade, because Bergevin had been like, "Oh yeah, we're not going to be trading our our young stud prospects," and then he goes and trades Sergachev for Jonathan Drouin. Uh, not the first or last time he lied about not trading players and then traded him traded them. Uh, but you can definitely understand that why Sergachev would be frustrated by that. But I I assume that now after being a Stanley Cup champion with the Lightning that he's not too upset that he was traded. But I think coming back to Montreal is probably the, the last thing he would really want to do at this point in his career. That's
1: fair. That's fair. But, uh, you know, not just the Habs. I just, I'm just i just cheering for team offer sheet right now. Um, yeah. Anyone, uh, anyone. Anyone. Come on. Come on. Tampa's under. Uh, they're completely desperate right now. Someone try it with Sorelli or Chernak. Sorelli's the better one, right? Uh, why not?
0: Yeah. Try it out. Screw them over. I think Who it cares. After the with, offer sheets, with offer sheets, it always makes more sense, I think. they they always go to like the star players, Sebastian Aho, Ryan O'Reilly, Shea Weber. It always makes more sense, I think, to target the lower level guys like Chernak because Sorelli is so good that Tampa's gonna match it, uh, unless you do something really ridiculous, which you probably won't do. So if you target someone like Eric Chernak, who's a little bit less valuable to the Lightning, and you kinda overpay him a little bit, then First of all, the compensation isn't as uh, outrageous. a little more fair than, you know, uh, two first rounders, a second and a third for someone like Sorelli, for example. And also the Lightning, uh, Chernak is a little bit more expendable. So there's a better chance that you actually get him because, you know, if you offer Chernak, I don't know, 4 million bucks, it's not too ridiculous. And then all of a sudden they're like, wow, well, 4 million, then there's no way we'll be able to afford Sorelli or it'll be way harder to to keep Sorelli. So I guess we'll just have to let Churnette go and take the compensation.
1: Yeah. But even for Sorelli, I mean, if you're, if you're any of the other teams right now, you're gunning for Tampa, right? They just won the cup. Their, their team is awesome. Uh, you want to kind of cripple them a bit and Anthony Sorelli. I mean, that's the thing, right? Obviously Tampa wants to match a guy like, uh, Anthony Sorelli, but like the cap situation fucking sucks right now. They're, uh, what a million over, over uh, over a million over the cap right now. And if you give Sorelli a nice fat chunk of money, that means that means Tampa's going to have to find that money somewhere. And are there any easy answers right now on this roster in terms of finding a good spot? They tried Tyler Johnson putting him on waivers. He didn't pass through. And so, you know, it looks like teams teams are saying, you know, we're not going to give you a free pass out of this one. Obviously, that could change if, uh, I don't know, Jim Benning wakes up on the wrong side of the bed. But, uh, sure. you know? Just uh, why not? I would send one for either of them because it's not—it's not—it's a, a special situation where Tampa completely, completely—you know—cap strapped. And so for either of these guys, I think you could realistically have a have a solid chance of getting them. If not, you're screwing Tampa for
0: uh, years to come. What if a team with a bunch of cap space and no RFAs left to sign? Uh, like, what are the, so the Devils at the bottom of this list? Seventeen million dollars in the cap space, it says. And the only RFAs, okay, well, they still have Mackenzie Blackwood and Jesper Bratt to sign, which will probably take up a, at least a chunk of that. So I don't know if that would work. But anyway, just theoretically, what if one of these teams, like maybe Nashville, we talked about still having a bunch of room, found a way to offer she both of them at once. Like they've got $12 million in cap space. And, okay, Luke is their only RFA. What if you get him cheap, just say, just for the sake of argument, and then you offer she something like $7.5 million per per Sorelli? And then I don't know, three point eight to Eric Turnak, and now all of a sudden the Lightning. I'm pretty sure if you do match both of them, then you're over that that ten percent off season cap, which is against the rules. So you can't sign, but bo- you can't match both of those unless you shed elsewhere. So and also, you know, think of it, Nashville and Tampa, they're going to be in the same same division this year. So that's some added incentive for Nashville to get extra aggressive. David Poyle has been known not to, uh, to be one of the more aggressive GMs in, the, in his track record. I'm not holding out my breath for a double offer sheet from one team. And actually, I'm not even 100% sure if it's allowed to have two pending offer sheets at once. But it's definitely an interesting thought. Oh yeah.
1: Uh, I, think, I think it should be allowed, uh, as long as you have the cap space for the, both of them combined, right? Because once you, once you offer that offer sheet and it gets signed, like, even though it's in limbo and then the other team has some time to match, your your cap space is tied up. But if you have enough to accommodate both of them, I think it should be fine. Uh, and I don't see why yeah. it wouldn't be. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And even, like, if you sign Chernak to a solid contract, like $7 million, that already, just matching it, would send Tampa over the 10%. And they would have to scramble, find some way to shed cap. So, hmm. I mean, come on now. Come on now. You know what's really going to happen? We're He's probably going to sign for, like, $5 million. And they're going to, like, get a first-round the, pick. They're going to they're gonna trade Alex Galorn for, like, two firsts. And then uh, <laughs> that, that'll be the end of to that. Vancouver. We'll, we'll be back next week, yeah? To Vancouver. Exactly. Thank and,
0: you. of course, the whole caveat with this is that Sorelli and Chernak would have to agree to sign an offer seat with another team. And seeing as they just won the Stanley Cup and all, and everyone seems super happy playing for the Lightning, I don't see any reason at all that they would look to leave unless they really knew that Tampa would match and they just wanted to get the negotiation done with, which is kind of what Sebastian Ajo did about a year and a half ago. Anyway, I think it might be time for this week's trivia segment, which is not trivia. It's a guess who week this week. And we decided yesterday that in honor of Connor McDavid's ugly house, that we'll be doing the Oilers this week. And you might remember three weeks ago when we did the Panthers, I had only like three columns and now I have even fewer because I totally forgot to do any kind of preparation for this. I just have the list of players. That is literally all I have. We are back to the basics here. But I think that my heart and grit and perseverance will help me pull out a victory. Incredible. Okay,
1: wow. I went, you know, I had some time to prepare. I woke up nice and early this morning on a Saturday to, uh, to prepare my beautiful Excel sheet. Last week, or no, not last week. Three weeks ago. Although it does feel very recent that we did our last guest too, because you know I can vividly remember absolutely crushing you, uh, you know, in a sweep. So uh, you know, it's uh, so I expanded it this time. Last time we kept it basic. This time we've added a few new columns. Uh, notably, I have a cap it column for I think the first time this week because it's a hassle. I have to type in each cap it individually. But uh, yeah, here we are. We're here have a captive column. There's one guy, Ethan Bear, who uh does not is not signed right now. He's an RFA. So uh for, for technical purposes, I think we can count him as zero dollars. Uh, if you're okay with that.
0: No, because it's not zero. It's just nothing. It's the absence of a dollar amount. Right. Uh, oh, also That's can you move cool. a little closer to your mic? You're getting a little okay. quiet. Yeah, sure. Okay. Alright. So So all I have right now is I have the Oilers cat friendly page pulled up and I have our list of players on a, an Excel sheet.
1: Okay. All right. So let's hit the randomizer. All right. Uh, To see who we will have.
0: I just need to pull it up.
1: Give me a second. All right. Got my player. Got your player. Okay. Let me, I need to copy paste and let me, I I can barely
0: hear you. I think, are you like kind of leaning over your mic or something?
1: Yeah, I was I was facing toward the computer screen.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I got my player now. Okay, so since you won last time, that means you get home question advantage. So that means I will guess first. And I'll start with the classic. Is your player wait, wait, forward? Wait.
1: wait, you have to announce who uh which player you have.
0: Oh yeah, why do I keep forgetting these things? Oh I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you for having me out. All right. I'm gonna I'll mute, mute. Oh, oh you'll you'll mute, you'll okay. mute. Who's muting? <laughs> I'll mute. I'll mute, okay? Okay, alright. Muting in three, two, one, muted. My player is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Okay, coming back
1: now. Alright. All right. All
0: right. That. I'm muting in three, two, one. Caleb Jones. And I'm returning. I'm returned. Alright. Now I begin. Is your player a forward? Is my player a forward? My player is not a forward that's awesome look at
1: me look at me
0: off to the races already incredible
1: okay all right so hmm what should i go for let's see should i go for number let's start with a good old number question so i'm gonna sort how many players do we have today we have 25 players so does your player wear a number 30
0: or lower My player does not wear number thirty or lower. Okay. Okay. So all right, here is my next question: Does your player shoot or catch left? My player
1: does shoot or catch left.
0: All right. So we can get rid of the right shooting players: Adam Larson, Tyson Berry, Ethan Bear, and Evan Bouchard. And I actually have to check for the goalies to see. I feel like one of these players catches right. I thought Koskinen did. I guess not. Never mind. All right, your turn.
1: All right, I'm going to ask you the same question. Does your player shoot or catch right?
0: My player does not shoot or catch right. Okay,
1: how many players you got left? I feel like... I, I have six players, players left. Advantage? Oh,
0: okay. We're tied. That's pretty nice. Oh, all right. Okay. Uh, here's one. Was your player drafted by the Oilers? My player was drafted by the Oilers. All right. Goodbye, Chris Russell. Goodbye, Miko Koskinen. And goodbye, Mike Smith.
1: Okay. Does your player... Uh, Let's see. What should I do? Hmm. Okay. Does your player... Oh, my God. I had a good one. Where did it go? Oh, is your player a forward?
0: That was a good one. Okay, my player is a forward. Is a forward.
1: Okay. All right. It's a good thing I didn't. How many start players you now? have left now? I have three players
0: left. I- As do I. All right. So I've got Darnell Nurse, Oscar Clefbaum, and Caleb Jones. Hmm. I feel like we should go with the most prominent one, who's also not injured for the entirety of next season. Is your player Darnell Nurse?
1: No. It is not Darnell nurse. That sucks. Okay. I can I can secure a dub here. I have three I have two prominent players and a not so prominent player. I have McDavid, R and H, and Tyler Ennis. Okay, I'm gonna go for the guy who is unique in many forms. He is the lightest. He's the only one not drafted by uh both Edmonton or first overall. Hmm. <laughs> And he is also the worst of these three players, and the only one who doesn't wear a number in the '90s. Wow, this guy's just really special. He's wrong. I will, <laughs> I will light a candle. Is your player Tyler Ennis? My player is not Tyler Ennis. Okay, candle has been lit in mourning. Okay.
0: All right, Oscar Clefbaum and Caleb Jones. Is your player Oscar Clefbaum? No, it is not. Oscar Clefbaum. Tragedy so... strikes.
1: <laughs> Got a fifty percent chance right now. They just. Send it or uh we both just experience a miserable round of guessing. Alright, fifty yeah. percent chance. Here we go. Is your player RNH? Ryan, Newton Yes, Hopkins. my player is Ryan Hopkins. Oh correct. Just like that. Uh didn't think it was Connor. Thought it was too unlikely. All right. The slump so that's, continues. That's,
0: the slump continues.
1: I'm on a winning streak of three straight. Uh well, that that was pretty redundant. Winning streak of three straight. Could have just said winning streak of three. But it's okay. We're in Sally mode and, and my player was Caleb Jones. So uh spect yep. didn't fail ya, but you're guessing. Ouch. It.
0: Ouch. It feels. All right. So I just randomized again. Got my next player.
1: Alright. I will uh, mute in three, two, one. Muted.
0: My player is Dominic Cahoon. Alright, I'm coming back now. Alright, I'm back. Okay. I'm muting in three, two, one.
1: Hey guy, Leon Dreisaitl. Good stuff. I'm coming back double.
0: now. Alright. So now you guess first.
1: Huh. Okay. So let's do some let's do some first name action, shall we? Or right, you know what? Let's let's do the cap space. I put in so much work in the cap space. I gotta I gotta I gotta do this. Alright, hold up. Um I gotta figure out how to sort this properly. Okay. We've we've done it. We're here. So, does your player have a
0: cap hit of $2.5 million or less? Yes, my player does have a cap hit of $2.5 million or less. Okay. So, by default, Ethan Bear is eliminated.
1: Because he does not.
0: Yes, because he does not have any kind of cap hit. Correct. Alright, now I'm going to ask, does your player's first name start with a letter from A to J? First name, does it
1: start with A to J? No, it does not start. All right.
0: Very nice.
1: Okay. I don't like the sound of that.
0: Okay. Hmm.
1: My turn. Does your your player have a cap hit less than a million dollars?
0: Yes, my player does have a cap hit less than a million dollars.
1: All right. That's good. So you have a scrub this round, I see. Okay. What was your player college?
0: drafted in the first round?
1: My player. Hmm. Yeah, he was drafted in the first round.
0: Alright, okay. So I'm just checking to make sure these players that I think were not drafted in the first round, in fact, were not drafted in the first round. Alright, and your player was drafted in the first round? My player
1: was drafted in the first round. That is that is what I All said.
0: Alright, thank you very much. How many players you got left? Uh now I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players left.
1: Okay. Alright. And I started, right? That was that's, that's
0: that's how it went. Uh yes, you did start this round.
1: Okay. Alright, so I have six. I'm gonna cut this in half. Was your player drafted by Edmonton?
0: My player was not drafted by Edmonton. Oh my goodness.
1: We are in full scrub territory. Who do I have left? I have Yoik jo- Joachim Nygard. Gaten Haas, and Dominic Cahoon. I will not lie, I have only heard of one of these dudes before today.
0: Uh, cool.
1: And none of them were drafted.
0: At all. So that's fun. Yep. Alright, so I've got seven players left now. I want to try to get it down, hopefully, to the three to try and draw even with you. And I will ask... Hmm, I'm going to come up with something a little bit unique. Was your player born in Europe? My player, hmm, he was born in Europe. Snipes, all right. We just got it down from seven to two. Oh, no. Who do you have left? Leon Dreisaitl and Oscar Kleffbaum.
1: Okay. Very interesting. Very peculiar. All right. Let's go. So, I have three. I better get it here to secure the tie. So, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to always go unique. Gotta go with the guy who I've heard of, because the other two I could not choose between them. So uh gonna go with the most expensive guy, is your guy Dominic Cahoon?
0: Yes, my player is
1: Dominic Cahoon. Ooh! Oh my god. Oh, what a snipe. Okay. Alright, Dry Saddle mm. and
0: Clef Bomb. Dry Saddle and Clef Bomb. Uh so I have to get it correct right now between this fifty fifty shot. Otherwise mm. I loot I just lose the whole game. And Four even straight. if I get it right here, then we tie match number two, and then I have to win next game. And then that means we, we just we tie. So it's not looking great for me today, I've got to say. Is your player Leon Dreisaitl?
1: Oh, man. It is Leon Dreisaitl. Boom. Jeez. Yep.
0: Almost secured oh. it. So close. Almost. I just Only felt... He that, wasn't but, European. I might be dancing yeah, in victory. Yeah. It felt like... um. Cause I had Newton Hopkins last round, who's one of the more prominent players in the Oilers. Felt like a more prominent player type of day. So that's why I went for Leon Dreisidel, who's, of course, extremely prominent. Wonderful. Okay. Alright. Impeccable strategy oh. by me. Onto the <laughs> Yeah,
1: it hasn't failed you yet. Um so uh, <laughs> Yes, okay. it has.
0: It definitely has. <laughs> My
1: that's strategies right.
0: constantly <laughs> fail me. Alright. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, well, so not, not this time around
1: So that's here we go, for for uh, all the marbles. After uh, you need you need to win this one outright, and uh, you 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 start. So uh, I randomize, do. And uh, I'll I will declare uh, I'll declare mine first this time around change it up.
0: Okay, muting in three, two, one. Oh fuck, man. I got Mike Smith.
1: <laughs> Mike Smith.
0: All right, I'm back. Um, so you mute now. Yeah, muting
1: three, two, one. I have muted.
0: My player is Jujar Kara.
1: All right, I'm returning now. All right, all right. Here we are. So, so I guess
0: first. Yep. All right. Um, hmm, how do I want to do this? Uh, you know, it's a lot harder when you really have no columns at all to work with. <laughs> I wonder why. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I guess I'm going to start reusing some of my questions. Is your player a forward? My player is not a forward. All right, goodbye to all the forwards. That's nice. I like I like asking that. That's worked out both times for me, that question, when I've asked it, that your player wasn't a forward. Wow, look at that.
1: All right. Was your player drafted in 2011 or
0: earlier? Uh, Let me check that out. My player was not drafted in 2011 or earlier.
1: Okay. So he's not old. That's that's nice.
0: Correct. Okay. All right. Um does your player's last name end with a letter from A to
1: M? I'm sorry. Did you say does my last does my player's last name end
0: with A to M? Yes. Does your player's last name and the last letter of the last name does it <laughs> end with a letter from A to M? God. Yes, it does. All right. So goodbye, Miko Koskinen. Goodbye, Adam Larson. Goodbye, Ethan Baer, and Caleb Jones. Oh, that doesn't eliminate as many as I kind of estimated it would. Oh well. Wow. Okay. Um.
1: Fun fact, right now. Literally, everybody on my list of the, of the 12 people who are left, all of them went either undrafted, that's three people, or 10 of them were drafted by the Oilers. So, uh, <laughs> that's fun. That's fun. Okay, Um. let's see. So, whenever I dra- and ask a draft question, it's implied that they were drafted by the Oilers, and I will ask, were they drafted in the first round?
0: My player was not drafted in the first
1: round. Okay. So, goodbye to six people.
0: <laughs> well, wait, how many time? people do you have left? I have six. I also have six people left. All right, onto okay. uh, the wire people. I've got to pick my next question very frugally because I have to win. So I don't just want to, you know, play it safe with ties and stuff. He's going so for really it wanna... all. What?
1: He's going for it all. He's going for it all.
0: Yeah, I really, I've got to will, I got to whittle this down to like to like two so i want to see how to do that um okay how about just just looking up some stuff real quick look at some fun stats and facts uh was your player d- drafted 65th overall or later
1: yes all right okay Perfect. Perfect. We're down to four? two
0: players now. Oh, We're God. down to Mike Smith and Chris Russell. Jesus Christ.
1: Okay. Two studs. All right. Oh no. Okay. Was your player drafted by the Oilers?
0: Yes, my player was drafted by the Oilers. Okay. That gets me down to three.
1: That's nice. Okay. All right. Mike
0: Smith, Chris Russell. Nice names, Chris Russell. All right. You're always talking about how no one it's Uh, never a goalie so that kind of leads me to believe that it's not a goalie but on the other hand my strategies always fail me so maybe it is a goalie but on the other hand maybe i'm overthinking it so maybe (laughs) it is a goalie but on the other hand if i'm evaluating my overthinking that's probably also overthinking Wow. Um this, is, cr- this you know, is crunch
1: time people. This is crunch time.
0: Yeah, this is crunch time. Uh you know I'm gonna follow my heart and go with oh, the wow. greatest goalie of all time. Is your player Mike Smith? It is Mike Smith. <laughs> Let's go. Oh no. I had it. I had the victory in the bag.
1: Oh jeez. Okay You can still tie. I, need- I know, I need this. Oh my goodness. Okay, so we have three players left. We have Zhujar Kyra, we have Caleb Jones, and we have Ethan Bear. Two of those guys are special. Caleb Jones is special because I had him, or I guessed him. I don't remember which one it was. And uh, Ethan are Bear does not have- I had him. And Caleb- Ethan Bear is special because he doesn't have a cap hit. And he's the guy I've been harping on all day. So I'm going to follow my strategy, and I'm going to go with the rando. Uh, so the analytics say that I should go with the most expensive guy. The guy who was born latest in the year, month-wise. The heaviest guy. The only forward left. Uh, The earliest drafted guy, both in round and in year. And also the best name and lowest number is your guy, Jujar Kaira.
0: Yes, my player is Jujar Kaira. Oh my god. Just like that.
1: (laughs) Shout out to the analytics. Um, Okay.
0: Well then. Uh, that that was a roller coaster, wasn't it? Wow, sure was. <laughs> I've lost. Wait, so what's? I've lost track of our our uh, our record now. What okay, is it well, now? Well,
1: I I'm up by I'm up by a win now. Uh-huh, one full yeah. win. Yeah. Because so you're up by you like. Win, then,
0: yeah. Are you like three two and three now or something? And I'm two three and three. Is that what, where we are?
1: Yeah, I think so. Something like that. It might okay. be. You're gonna might might be. Uh, I don't know the, the the number of ties might be a bit different. I can't tell, but uh, something like that. I'm up by a win. Um, that was some clutch time thinking. Some clutch time thinking. Wow, Juzar Kyra. Well, my guessing game was pretty good today, wasn't it? Like that first round, yeah. was kind of dark.
0: But like I'm, I've been on. That's point. where I blew it. I blew it that first <laughs> round. I had, I had nursed Clef <laughs> Baum and Jones, and I missed twice in a row. Oof! Oof. Cost me the game. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, Juzar Kyra. You know, maybe I'll get a Juju Kyra jersey just to commemorate this moment. Um wow. I think this is my first lead. Like this is my, this is my first series lead. Uh, so uh, yeah. Oh, I think you're right. All right, don't give up on your don't give up on your dreams, folks. Uh, because you never know.
0: What I've learned here, I think what I've learned here is that I need to have even less information on my spreadsheets next week. <laughs> I think that's the only possible thing that I can take away from this failure.
1: you're gonna you're gonna show up next week and you're just gonna have a list of numbers that's it just the player numbers no no names attached just you're just gonna be
0: just just numbers no i'm Uh, not even gonna have a spreadsheet i'm just gonna have all the information (laughs) memorized
1: yeah wow he's coming with uh coming in with a galaxy brain over here and so all right i you know I, i can't wait Can't wait. Maybe we'll maybe we'll decide our team three weeks Like we'll decide our team right now, and so you can you can get a head start on memorizing every each and every single stat about every player. Uh, That'd be that'd
0: be very considerate of you. Which what team should we
1: pick? Um, hmm. you want to have we done the Islanders yet? I can't remember. Uh, have we?
0: It kind of feels like we have. Yeah,
1: yeah, it does. I have a folder with all my uh, spreadsheets, so I'm gonna. gonna I don't think so. Actually,
0: I don't think we ever did the Islanders.
1: No, we haven't. We've done the Flyers, Lightning, Penguins, Stars, uh, whatever. T- I think we did the. Who did we do last week again, or like three weeks ago? Uh, the the Panthers, All right? The Panthers. So uh, okay. How 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 about the Islanders? Since uh, we talk a lot about their cap troubles.
0: Sure, sounds good. We'll do the Islanders three weeks from now. Uh, so that'll be um, 30, uh December sixth, Sunday, and then Excellent. no, it won't be December sixth. I'm just counting the weeks: sixth, thirteenth, twentieth. That's when it'll be December, December 20th, and the days leading up to uh, Christmas and the World Juniors, we'll be doing a Guess Who about the Christmasiest team of all, the New York Islanders. Hell yeah! Maybe we should. You know what? Maybe on second thought, maybe we should do the Devils. I was their just Christmas gonna say they're
1: Christmas colors.
0: Yeah, I like that idea a lot better. Let's switch. New Jersey okay. Devils. All right. Christmas spirit.
1: It's, sounds good. So we've got the Devils on on uh, on deck. You can start memorizing all the details about. I don't know. Who's who's even on that team? Mackenzie Blackwood. Uh, so, yep. uh, you know, hope you enjoyed that holiday season. Will Butcher. Uh, and uh, Will Butcher. That's that's true. I Michael the
0: McLeod. Hype. All the superstars.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Jujan Kaira, baby. Let's go. Uh, so, uh, I think that's it for our episode. Unless you have
0: uh, anything else you want to add before we call it a week. No, I think that is the end of this week's episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at Fusion and Hockey Podcast, and you could even send a DM to Fusion and Hockey Podcast if you have anything you'd really like to tell us, and then you can tell everybody you know very urgently about this podcast so that they'll listen to us and boost our ego.